Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Please Watch This, where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to one another so they can once and for all answer the question, who has better taste? With me this week, as always, is my co-host Sam Blakely. Hello, Sam. Hello, Hugh. How are you today? I'm very well. Very well indeed. I've, I've seen our film today, so, uh, you know, I'm feeling post-film goodness. Mm. Post-film goodness, mm-hmm. that's what you always like to have, isn't it? Um, are, are, you, are you looking forward to getting into the uh, into the caves and uh, spider webs of Indiana Jones? Well, not Indiana Jones, really. Oh, is there, a, is there a problem with that? Am I not supposed to call it Indiana Jones? Well, this is the thing, right? So, as uh, so, today's episode, let's explain, is going to be Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, you might have heard of it, a small, <laughs> small little film made by independent studio Paramount. Um, they, they're known. Um, yeah, so with this one, uh, this one's called Raiders of the Lost Ark, but the next two, uh, all the other the other three, should I say, were, were uh, titled Indiana Jones. And then it was... Uh, <laughs> and the Temple of Doom. You've got... <laughs> now that's and interesting. The I've, got Doom, my, thank I've got you. the DVD case in front of me here. Now... I'm going to take your I'm going to take your word for it because you are the expert and host on this. My DVD case does say Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Is that somehow some sort of retcon? I don't know if I'm using that word correctly. I think yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Re- yeah. Uh, retroactively, is it retroactively? Uh, what does it stand yeah. for? I know what it means. Maybe, it, maybe it's uh, retroactively confirming or contradicting, constructing. Yeah. I don't know actually. I, I've, I've heard it a lot. Just I've used it a lot. To, to portmanteau yeah. of two, and it must be retroactive, or words, isn't it? At, at the least retrospective. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're going to be watching Raiders of the Lost Ark, and this is the episode that I'm mm-hmm. recommending to Sam. Um, after such success we had with uh, The Empire Strikes Back, I'm, it was a bad start. Uh, at least, well, I mean, you, you know, it's still a great film. Well, I mean, this is a, this is a discussion <laughs> I've had in my head a, a little while. Um, should we? Should we give away the opinions from previous episodes in our shows? Um, I, I mean, I'd, I'm quite, yeah. I'm quite happy to. I mean, it, it's, I mean, we're gonna, I mean, we're watching these in a particular order, so there is going to be context for what we're watching today because it's essentially produced by the same person who produced the Star Wars films. So there's going to be a lot of references to that and the cinematography and the language, the language of these films. Actually, very similar. When, when you heard so, my uh, let's yes. let's face it, wholly negative uh, view of Star Wars and uh, Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> was there a moment where you thought mm, maybe I shouldn't have put Indy on this list because it is, like you say, it does share such a such a heritage? Um, yes, <laughs> if I'm being brutally honest. Um, but I was hoping perhaps the genre, the difference, even though there's like there's a similar of genre, sort of that Western feel to it, you know the um, the pulp, pulp fiction yeah. nature of the forties like um, TV, you know, Flash Gordon kind yeah, of yeah. sort of. I was hoping maybe a different kind of like they have a similar tone. I'm not going to pretend they don't. Like all six of the films, let's ignore Crystal Skull because it's <laughs> awful. But the th- and the second one's not too great. But the first and the third one, what, which, which one we is all the talk one? about. So the second one's the Temple of Doom. That's not so great, right? Okay, I've not seen it. I, I heard good things about it. Really? Yeah, I'm not. Well, personally, I mean, not to spoil it for anyone, we won't be doing Temple of Doom right, okay. unless you want to, because I don't really like it, and we won't be doing Christmas Skull because I was, 
Yeah, I was let down by and that. And then what's the other um, one? Uh, the other one's The Last, Last Crusade, Crusade, which is a good film. Yeah, Is that the one with that, um, Sean Connery? Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. That's a, that is genuinely good fun. Um, you'll, I, if you do like this... Would I need to watch one. Temple of Doom? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Quite frankly, no. You can watch it. You can... You can. I might have... I, to be honest, if you, I might have thought you might have watched all of the... At least the 80s ones originally. I did think about um, that but, um, before this show. Yeah. I also thought maybe it would... It would somehow affect my memory of Raiders if I liked yeah. or disliked Temple of Doom more, etc. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should watch it then if you do like this one, because then we'll have a difference. You can recommend it to me. Well, we'll, we'll find out later if I <laughs> Actually, like it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I'll start so, with the big first question. What does Raiders mean to you, Hugh? So, Raiders of the Lost Ark means to me uh, a rip-roaring uh, Lucas Spielberg adventure film uh, with Harrison Ford going around punching Nazis <laughs> and uh, getting, you know, occultist artefacts from the ground uh, with uh, some... Questionable views on race, and um, quite honestly, uh, yeah, it's I, I, great sound design, great composition. Uh, uh, I was watched, like I said, like you, I watched it again today, and the cinematography in that film is just gorgeous. Some of the scenes in it, like the bits in the jungle, the bits in the desert, uh, you know, when they're in Peru and the, at the beginning when they're out in the jungle. Obviously, you can tell the difference between the sets and the jungle, like you know, modern. HD, Blu-ray, you know, uh, formats don't really aren't as generous as film was to the sets. You know, we've probably mentioned this before, but yeah, like the the details. You know, when they're in, you know, when they're in Cairo, you feel like they're actually in 1930s Cairo. I mean, I wasn't there, but I did get a sweat on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what else did I like? Yeah, the bit when they're in the desert. Now I've known nothing about archaeology, but I don't know if those people were doing real digging, if that makes sense, or if they were, like I was. I've, I've always sat there going, I "Wonder if archaeologists are watching this and going, what, what are the people in the background doing? What are they These doing? Why are they there? Yeah, <laughs> These absolute this is... schoolboys." It's interesting <laughs> yeah. you say about the cinematography. Uh, we'll get into reviews a bit later, but there's a great line mm. from Roger Ebert, who we've now mentioned in every episode. Yep. He Big said Rog. there used to be a magazine named Thrilling Wonder Stories, yeah. and every shot in Raiders of the Lost Ark looks like one of its covers. I thought, yeah. yeah, that that's that really fit. That really chimes with what you what you're saying about the the cinematography, the the visual aspects of it. So I'll tell you why. I, well, I've just gone into why I like it. It's that you know when I again all of this, we always have to put these films in context. So for me, I saw I think the first Indiana Jones. I saw bits and pieces. Saw bits and pieces of I think all three when I was growing up, but never really sat down and watched them properly until maybe I was like. 9, 10 or 11 or something like that. And I think the first one I actually ended up watching was um, The Last Crusade. So when I went, as, as you get a bit older and realise when things are made, I went back and watched Raiders um, and obviously then watched uh, Temple of Doom and then The Last Crusade. So I watched all three in order at some point. And I just like, I like Raiders for me. As I mentioned, I really love the Last Crusade, it's a bit more kiddie than this film, if that makes sense. It's a bit more, it's a little more childish where this one, this, like people get shot in the head in this. There was, one of my notes is, lot of deaths. <laughs> yeah, so obviously, you know, this film was directed by Spielberg, produced by George Lucas. Um, do you know who it was written by? Lawrence something. 
Yeah, so Lawrence Kazdan. Why does that name sound familiar to you? Lawrence Kazdan. Um, yeah. I'm going to assume Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's me old mucker, Lawrence Kazdan. Uh, so he wrote uh, Empire, basically. Right, I see. So let's see, I'll give you a quick history of like how indie came about. Please do. So did you look into this yourself? Do you know any of I this? I watched just... a little making of thing and um yeah, I got the DVD, so I watched some of the extras on there. I'm still a bit confused, so the more you can do to enlighten me the better. Yes, so um basically George Lucas came up with the idea, him and Spielberg were on hol- were on holiday together in I think Hawaii, um and they were like they would always mention oh they'd love to make a James Bond film and uh, that got Lucas basically thinking and going, well, actually, I, when I was coming up with some films to make in the early 70s, I'd come up with like an American version of this. Uh, a guy, and he called him Indiana Smith rather than <laughs> Jones. And it was, uh, it was Spielberg who made him change the name ultimately. It's amazing because Smith and Jones are such similar names in that sort of, you know, just typical English, white British sort of name, surname. Yeah. And yet Indiana Smith is so much worse as a name than Indiana Jones. Is it one of those things that where you're just so familiar with the name Indiana Jones that it's just ubiquitous to you now that when somebody puts it in front of puts Indiana in front of Smith, you're like, oh, that doesn't sound right. That sounds weird. Or is that just me? I think you might be right. I think you might be right. Yeah, I suppose uh, I know it as Indiana Jones rather than Indiana Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Although it. I like the fact that he went, oh, well, I'm going to give him this, like, American-y name, but also give him a real English-y kind of generic <laughs> name. It's so incongruous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> with, like... with Sean Connery playing his father in the third one, do we get into any insight as to what young Indy was like? Uh, oh, that'd be a spoiler. All oh, right, okay, I'll leave it there. Yeah, yeah, that'll have, we'll have to get that at some point. Um, so, yes, yeah, so they basically said, oh, we'd love to make a, a Bond film, but Lucas essentially went, well, actually, being George Lucas and the unassuming confidence he has, I went, <laughs> well, I've uh, got this film that we can make a better James Bond film, because you don't remember these, the, the era of Roger Moore films, they're a bit hit and miss, quite frankly, as a Bond fan, there is some, they're my least favourite Bond films, quite frankly. Um, I'm not into Bond, I only got into Bond through Daniel Craig, to be honest, it wasn't, not for me, really. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe that'll be on a future episode. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want, there's two Bond films I want you to watch, maybe three. <laughs> I really want you to watch Doctor, not Doctor No, because that's not that good. Uh, I want you to watch Gold, Goldfinger and Goldeneye, personally. That would be my recommendation. I've definitely seen Goldeneye. Yeah, but anyway, back to... played the N64 game, anyway, <laughs> back to... Yeah, 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 of course you played it, I think you played it with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so they basically, after uh, George had finished making... Uh, Empire, they basically started making uh, Indiana Jones on a budget of $18 million, which was half of what the studios who they pitched it to said they could do it, it the price it would cost. And uh, they basically said, well, we're going to film it like a TV show. We're going to do it. In, I think they made it in four, 57 days they shot it in, which you know is pretty quick for a Hollywood blockbuster, it's basically. It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it gives it a real... Like it is fantastical at times, but it gives it quite that it gives it that gritty look, that realistic look that you almost again very similar to Star Wars. It's like okay, these I always think with these films is like none of the characters are believable; they're quite two dimensional. But the world they exist in, 
I can I can believe that I can go with that and maybe yeah. that's what they're, I they're like believable about. in that world even if they're not believable in ours. Yeah, I think that's where again we're going to make a lot of allusions to Star Wars, but I think that's where why Star Wars has the legs it's had as as well is because fans can go here's a a reality I can imagine putting characters in and then behaving in it. It's the same with Indiana Jones. Like I was thinking watching this again today. There's the bit with the ship's captain. Um, I can't remember the character's name, but you know where he's where the the Nazis basically board the ship and trying to look for Jones and uh, the lass, and they're like, "Oh, where's where's Jones?" He's like, "We killed him." And it's like, I'd love to see a film about those guys. Is that Mister Katanga? You know, Is he black? Mister Katanga. Yeah, Mister Katanga. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know what you mean when when you have a side character who's just got this history that's yeah. not shown on the screen at all, and uh, yeah. and you believe that they exist in that world. Yeah, yeah, and that's something I was thinking. I was, and that's why I recommend this film is because it's that's an tribute to the filmmaker's quality of just these weird characters that appear and you go, oh, and again, a lot of, a lot, a lot of Star Wars stuff is people making, you know, look at the the cult of Boba Fett, a guy who's on screen for about eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, just have, I don't know where that's from, other than he's got a weird name and an interesting helmet. Cool helmet. And a jetpack. He has a jetpack. Everyone digs a jetpack. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. I I was, I was, I was shocked. Anyway, we're not talking about Star Wars, but we sort of always do. Yeah, and well, it's going to be a recurring theme with uh, any Spielberg and especially George Lucas stuff, isn't it? That's fair. And yeah, so so they got together, made this film quite quickly, got John Williams to score it. Cost them eighteen million dollars. They made. Worldwide, after video sales, they made a $380 million. A $180 million? $380 That's a lot of money, if I recall. Yeah, I mean, it'd take you a while to count it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that must be... I wonder what the highest um, ratio of of budget to gross is. Uh, You can Google it. It's... um, I don't know, the one that's made the most adjusted for inflation, I think... Gone with the Wind? Still gone with the wind. I could. Shall we Google it? The the benefit that that has is it's been re-released a million times over seventy years. <laughs> yeah, it does. Also, this week um, saw Endgame overtake Avatar. Yeah, they. I mean, I'm so happy about I, that. I am happy about it, but I'm also kind of like, they just did it, didn't they? To get to get over that line, didn't they? They did. They did. But they were up against Avatar, and they use much dirtier tactics. And it's also three D, so it costs more and. There were a million other things they used to to, to inflate yeah. it, and I'm I'm just so happy because Avatar is not a cultural landmark. It's maybe a technological landmark, but no, nobody ever talks about that film other than the gross and the technology, really. Yeah, and how silly think, it is. Yeah, and also I, you know, I watched Dances with Wolves, so <laughs> and, and Pocahontas. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I enjoyed it at the time. But, you know, as soon as I went out of the cinema, I went, oh, that looked really good. Oh, it was Dances with Wolves with Blue People, wasn't it? And, <laughs> and I mean, they, they called it Unobtainium. Like, that, that's surely just a yeah. placeholder name in the first draft. And, oh, no, that's in the final draft. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what a... Yeah. I mean, by the fact that they... I mean, you know, scientists are bad at naming things. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's it's real bad, isn't it? It is pretty um, so yeah, they got together, made the film, uh, basically turned Harrison Ford into a megastar. Uh, quite frankly, he went from being a support character in you know Star Wars to being, I think, you know, I saw something earlier and they were just saying about it how you had a guy who 
is has these two famous characters. It's very rare for an actor or an actress to be famous for two roles, especially in, you know, basically back to back in two or three years. It, I mean, not even yeah. Well, yeah, two or three years. I mean, he literally went from Empire to to Empire and this come out of them a year apart. Yeah. Well, and Madness. in fact, one of the things I saw in the in the behind the scenes was that um, Lucas did not want Harrison Ford originally because. He didn't want yeah. him to be his De Niro, you know. He didn't want him to be every film he's in the sort of Johnny Depp, uh, Richard Burton, not Richard Burton. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, t- uh, Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah. and um, and then basically after all the screen tests and Tom Selleck had to do Magnum PI, they just went, you know what, let's, ju- let's try him out. Turns out he was quite good at it. Yeah. So while we've been chatting, uh, this being 2019, I've been doing other things on my phone. And, That's uh, um, <laughs> this, this is for uh, percentage-wise the 20 most profitable movies of all time. Come on then. Do you want to have a guess for the top one? Is this one adjusted for inflation? Uh, I don't know. Let's assume it is. So if it's adjusted for inflation, and this is films, yeah? Yeah. I would say the top one is adjusted for inflation. It's either Star Wars. Well, think about it. It's it's not most profit in numbers. It's percentage-wise. So Star Wars would still cost tens of millions. Oh, so what's made the most... So it's a very cheap film. It's made a lot of money. Oh, is it Blair Witch Project? That's in the top... uh, That's number five. Yeah. It's a very similar style. Paranormal Activity. Oh, yeah. Made for $15,000. Grossed $193 million. I mean, yeah. That's... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> There's another Lucas you know, film in here, actually, as well. American Graffiti, which I really like. Made for I've s- never seen that. It's really good. It's really good. It's a real good... Uh, it's a coming-of-age 50s uh, film. Yeah. And I just I found it genuinely really good. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And maybe we could watch it on this and you could recommend it to That's us. not a bad idea. I'd have not to good... real buff up on it, but uh, yeah, let's do it. Right, let's get back yeah. to the film then. So, <laughs> um, why do you think I would like it? So, why I think you would like it is... Well, based on based on Empire, I was hoping you'd like that. <laughs> um, that's, let's, put that in, let's put it in its context. Um, I think you might like it because it's a bit more action-y. It's a bit faster paced. It's a bit more grounded in, you know, air quotes, reality, um, which it's very not, you know. Uh, it's a bit more, it's exciting. It's got it's got a pretty solid premise. You know, it's Indiana Jones. He's going out looking for the Ark of Covenant. Oh, it's got Covenant. a plot as opposed to Empire. Hey, hey, Empire has a plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got, it's got a plot. Don't you wreck um, on it a plot. It doesn't happen. <laughs> Look, Empire has a solid plot, right? Let's not get into this. We've had this. We're not going to argue about Empire anymore. <laughs> you might, you don't like it. That's fair enough. But this has a great plot, which is, you know, it, it is a good plot. It's a good narrative. It's got a, a strong central protagonist. It's got. I don't think it's got the strongest um, villains in of the three Indiana Jones films that we might discuss. Um, well, the two, quite frankly. Uh, <laughs> I think they're better villains in the third one, but they've got they, they've got Nazis, and Nazis are always a good villain. Especially I mean, you don't have to exposit why they're villains, really, do you? Yeah, exactly. They come with a lot of 
cultural baggage in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know. The PR um, guy has a real problem with that. Yeah. It's a, yeah. a real baggage. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's, but yeah, you, everyone, you know, no one's sat there going, oh, if only they hadn't, you know, if only the Nazis had won, you know, no one's sat <laughs> yeah. there going that in that, in these, in these films. So that's, there's clear delineated enemies. And yeah, I think it's, it's just a good adventure film, really. Um, you know, it, it's good fun. So it's a rag-rollicking um, good adventure. Why do you yes. think I might not like it? Because you didn't like Empire, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, it's a bit... The tone sometimes is a little over all over the place. Um, I've noticed from watching it today. Um, obviously, uh, everyone goes to the uh, Stormtrooper school of shooting, oh, except yeah. for Indiana Jones. Um yeah, which can get a bit frustrating at times. Uh, it it it's aged well, but it hasn't aged perfectly um, in terms of maybe its its views on you know it's I mean it's not in, it's implicit views on race and colonialism and <laughs> uh, the role of uh, science and archaeology and what to go in and steal things that that small tribes really value. Yeah, yeah, as if you know. You know, you could call this uh, white man culturally appropriates uh, uh, ancient cultures uh, artifacts. Yeah. He's not gone to a Halloween costume wearing a you know <laughs> a Native American headdress. He's gone yeah. and stolen a golden idol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I did put, um, I did write down earlier. Uh, the plot is tenured professor of archaeology, Indiana Jones travels the world to recover the the fabled Ark of the Covenant, or well-educated serial killer battle Nazis to be the most famous archaeologist in the world. I mean, That's, there is yeah, that view in it as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> History's written by the winners, I suppose, yeah. Yep, that's definitely true. And uh, <laughs> by, uh, uh, But he, I think the character's interesting enough to carry the film because you, it, I think there's that everyman aspect to it. It's like, yeah, well, maybe if I had tried really hard at school, I could have been a professor of archaeology <laughs> and get tenure and travel the world, you know, dig it. Everyone wants to discover, you know, there's a bit in the film where uh, the what's he called? Um, I can't remember the name of the characters in this film, and I'm recommending it. Uh, Paul Freeman's character. Oh, goes, Belloc. Belloc, thank Belloc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he calls him Belloc, <laughs> and then Shindy goes, "Oh, Belloc, <laughs> you idiot!" Essentially, <laughs> I was like, "What?" Well, that was tactful. I thought it was this guy was your friend. Yeah, your foreign you know. idiot. <laughs> yeah, oh, God, these With your natives. Eh? Children. Yeah, so that that made that made me laugh. <laughs> and the bit where, um, you know, Bell, uh, where Salah uh, jumps from his Davis gives him a big hug, and he's like, "You are my friend," and he's like, "I am also friends with you." Kind of, <laughs> more yeah. or less, he proper reluctant. Slightly more to... reserved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so reluctant to be friends with this guy who's literally tried to save his life on Multiple, several occasions. Yeah, absolutely, all the time. Yeah, who literally helped him discover the Ark of the Covenant <laughs> <laughs> and saved his life in that cafe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and again and again and again. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, he saved it. Yeah, we could count up the amount of times. So that's so. Yeah, now here's the real question. Oh yeah. Do I think you enjoyed this film? I I'm going to say that yes, you did. Why? Oh, because of the reasons I just mentioned. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I think you like it because it is it's a bit of fun. 
and it's a bit of old school kind of his it's the plot's not complicated the characters aren't overly complicated the actions what are you trying to say about me Oh yeah, you'll like it because it's not complicated. Uh, you'll you'll understand that you're thick. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'm trying to say it's a, just you can sit and watch it and enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think you might. It maybe not doesn't have the the weight of kind of cynicism and hilarity and that kind. Of, it, the heart maybe that the Princess Bride had, but I think you don't get the Princess Bride without films like Indiana Jones. I see what you mean. Yeah. Quite, quite okay, frankly, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll give my view. Here's my take. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Yay! <laughs> That's my response to that. I'm so delighted you like this. After yeah. uh... okay, so what was your favourite scene then? My favourite scene. You know, I've thought about this, and I really should have a one prepared. I don't. It is the you know. It's as if we like prepare these. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a podcast. I mean, you know, yeah. nobody prepares. Um, it's really difficult because. One of the things that I really loved about this film was the dialogue. And there's three or four lines that I just had to write down as soon as it came on. So when I'm thinking of a favourite scene, really often I'm just thinking about what that line was. You know what, I think, mm. I think I'm going to go basic. I think it's the mm. first scene. Right, that's brilliant because that literally echoes what I put yeah. as my favourite scene as well, yeah. I don't think that scene's perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I think there's... There's a there's a bit of an in, some incongruities in it where, like the guy the guide trekking him through to the the entrance of the cave suddenly pulls a gun on him, and then yeah. he just and he slowly turns around and whips it out of his hand essentially <laughs> like in the time it takes him to turn around and whip it out of his hand, he would have shot him or at least shot <laughs> at him, and then he runs yeah. off and then he's like oh so you're okay to the other guide so you can come. <laughs> that kind it's real of film way. logic, isn't it? Yeah, I, I would have been like. Live. Yeah, but go on. So, what did you enjoy about that scene? What I really liked was that I've I've probably seen that scene before. I vaguely remembered seeing it in an English lesson, and you've yeah. seen it in culture. They're sort of rolling boulder and they're in trying to get the the weight correct for the idol. But what I found was that even with that knowledge, and even probably haven't seen it before, I really really liked it, and it, a few things surprised me. Some of the traps surprised me. I thought it was nicely gruesome seeing the the guy on the spike. I really liked yeah. that it was Alfred Molina, so I thought, oh, he's going to be a major character. That's Alfred Molina. And then he doesn't get past the first six minutes. Um, yeah. It's a great intro to the character because he's mysterious and he's dangerous and he's um, smart. And, but he's also quite fun. And I, I, quite, and I think there's two, two, one, two of the big reasons why I like this and I didn't like Star Wars is the main character is an active hero. Luke isn't an active hero, really. He's very whingy and reactive. Um, and Indy is very active. You know, there's the. Do you, think bit... it could... Sorry, yeah. Do you think it could be that difference between Luke's kind of discovering who he is and he's going on that hero's journey of maturity where when you've, you meet Indy, you know, he's a man who knows himself? He's that already makes there. Sense. Yeah, he's, he's at the peak of his. Abilities, so to speak, already. You know, he's a, he's a professor. He's he's a hand. He knows all his stuff about what he's trying to do. Um, there is flaws in him, um, which I think we're going to discuss. <laughs> but he's 
he's re- he's not. I don't think he's re- personally. He's not relatable for me, but he is enjoyable to watch him do his thing. Yeah, I can't relate to being an extraordinarily handsome uh, archaeologist uh, who you know makes. Well, I was going to say some horrible things there. Um, who's like that? <laughs> on, it's no, quite possible that my, the the fact that I like the characters, my libido getting in the way, because I was just like, oh, God, get in there, go on, Harrison, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that the one of the suits he's wearing when he's when he's like, oh, just like, oh yes, yes, that is a suit. Um, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of that of I mean, the production design for the uh, the costume. Oh, on great. The season. Is good, isn't it? I, was, I, I noticed. I've forgotten her name actually. I was, I was watching an interview with her, uh, with the costume designer, and she was saying she had to find a hat that was immediately recognisable, but completely like every other hat. You know, you see it in silhouette, and you know that's Indy's hat, but it's like uh, other hats you've seen. They really had to, to I don't know the word, but they had to age or sort of stress where the um, his jacket. And uh, she said she had metal splinters in her hands for weeks or something like that. Uh, I didn't really understand what that process involved. Yeah, costume <laughs> design was really well done. Yeah, um, you, he always looks world weary, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, there's that, you know where there's, there's he's like, oh, it's not the age, it's the mileage. When that is, I think that's my favourite line. Yeah, that is a great line. I love it. It's not. So yeah, what were your favourite lines then? So I've got three or four. Let me just find them. So I tell you what, can you guess any of them? So you got one already. Yeah, I've got one already. Um, hmm. See, for me, I think the better lines in this series come from the second and third films, and I think the ones in this one out don't jump out at me. Um, I've written one down that was my favourite. You've so written. I've written, yeah. I'm <laughs> written, some say, in, cir- in some circles. Some people say written, but, you know, there's, there's no in there, so I'm going written. <laughs> I've written. <laughs> I'll defend myself. Yeah, so I've written. Um, my favourite line was, it's actually not by Indy, it's by Belloc, and it's when he says, you know, when they're in the cafe, mm. and he's um, basically saying, he's talking to Indy, saying, you know, oh, me and you are so similar, and, you know, this is what motivates us, and he, he picks up the uh, pocket watch that he has, and he goes, look at this. It's worthless. $10 from a vendor in the street. Oh, yeah. But I, ta- I take it and bury it in the sand for a thousand years, and it becomes uh, priceless like the like the Ark. Men will kill for it, men like you and me. And I just wrote, this This is the premise of the movie. This is the premise of Indiana Jones. This is the premise of the movie. And there's a great callback Indi- to it, isn't there, when he traps him in with the snakes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'll be worth something. Well, actually, funnily enough, yeah. one of the lines I've got is in that same conversation. And funnily enough, another Star Wars link really is Belloc and that is saying to him, "Look, you're on the light side, but it's pretty. You know, it wouldn't take long. Wouldn't take much for you to be on the dark side." Um, yeah, it's when Indy says, "You want to talk to God? Let's both see him together." You know, and he's kind of oh, yeah, proposing a, a death, deathly shootout. The other one, which I thought was fantastic, it's after. They, um, I think it's after he's fought the big German. Yeah, with the, the mustachio German. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a good scene. As the Nazis are getting away with the Ark, and he's, hmm. I think he's getting on a horse, and they say, where are you going? What are you going to do? And he says, I don't know. I'm oh, making this yeah. up as I go. <laughs> and he just, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. just tails off. And I just think, what a hero that guy is. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's not going to sit around and, you know, call the police or 
arrange something. He's just he's just going to follow them on a horse while they're in these trucks with guns. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. hope he kills them first. <laughs> yeah. What a guy. Yeah, it's, it's a wonder he, he lives so long, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I like the, this is like the bit when he's running from the uh, the natives in Peru at the beginning and he's... Um, and they've, you know, they all set off at around the same time, but then by the time they get into the clearing, he's got a good 20, 30 <laughs> metres on them. And I like the way he's barking. What is it? Start the plane! Start the yeah. plane! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the guy's just caught a fish as well, the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's brilliant. There's a bit literally where he looks at his rods and goes, oh, I've just caught a fish. I'm not... <laughs> like, I can... What's that coming towards me? I'm really hungry. <laughs> you know... Um, yeah, I enjoyed. Yeah, that's 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 good. I like. What did you think of some of the performances then, of some of the characters and the actors? Um, Karen Allen was fantastic as I've forgotten her name now. The female lead. Yep, she is called Marion. Marion, God, I should have known that. So yeah, I thought Karen Allen was fantastic as Marion. She's a good character as well. She's a damsel sometimes, but she's also very active and uh, tries to you know fix her own. Destiny. I thought Paul Freeman was wonderful as Belloc, just a complex villain. To the extent that I was surprised that he was one of the three that died at the end, to be honest. They were so in the odd scene that he would have a conscience, and that he was actually interested in Marion, and actually wanted to save her and all this, and then, nope, he just dies with the Nazis. Like at the beginning, you watch the, the very first scene when the guy who tries to double-cross Indy, mm. he double crosses the double crosser almost and he just lets the natives kill him straight away so I think they set out early doors to say no this guy's unscrupulous it's true I mean he's working with the Nazis and he's yeah. in his long term nemesis you know it's quite clear this isn't the first time he's, he's caught a find ahead of him Yeah. Um, but again I think it comes down to a really good performance quite an interesting character he's French so he's not German, <laughs> so you kind of go, he's <laughs> yeah. a bit of a mercenary perhaps, he's, he's got his own agenda, I thought it was a really good performance. Yeah, I think maybe it would have been better to have him live. Also, at the end scene, there's I saw today there's an outtake where he's getting ready to do the ritual, but in the, the film, he's he's just suddenly dressed like a, a Jewish priest from like <laughs> 3,000 years ago or something, and I'm like... Wait, what? And I remember as a kid thinking, "What? Where's that guy got? What was he carrying that all along?" <laughs> yeah, he was in the. What was you know when um, when they were on the chase scene when he was like on the front of the uh, on the front of the van and he like goes underneath. You know, like I would have thought the trope where the driver would have been like, "Oh, drive into the back of the car," and Belloc must be like, "No, don't do that. I've got my uh, priceless um, replica." Jewish priestess priest uh, <laughs> outfit there. You, do you know how hard it is to get to get people to make that? You've got to, <laughs> thousands, mate. <laughs> so yeah, it, I think that was a bit jarring that you didn't see that, and I think that's maybe where I think you know cinema has matured over the last like nearly forty years mm-hmm. since this was made. You know, they do explain little things like that. It's like I think the scene, you know, when the monk when they're on the roof terrace in uh, yeah. And literally the scene, it just smash cuts. You're on this roof terrace. There's all these kids around a monkey. And you're like, well, maybe it just belongs to that family that Indy's visiting. And then you, you're told that the monkey isn't belonging to that family because the, the mother comes over and is like, what, who is this? What is this animal doing here? What's this all about? And then the, the American being all nice and, oh, yeah, it's lovely. And she's like, right, we're keeping it. 
And it's like that. I think if nowadays you would see maybe the monkey being dispatched mm-hmm. by the, uh, the the guy who's about as subtle as a bulldozer <laughs> going through an orphanage. As hmm, if I was going to pick somebody who might have sinister intent, yeah. Yeah, Would yeah. it be the normal-looking guy who looks like <laughs> everyone else, or the guy dressed relatively in black with an eye patch? Mm, I'm struggling with this one. Eye patch screams reliability and trustworthiness in films yeah. always. Yeah, I suppose yeah, it is a fan- that is the fantastical element of it. That sort of feels like something that George Lucas would do. You know, just <laughs> live up to these ridiculous colour conventions. That's the bad guy. That's the good guy. There's there's no there's no line here. I mean, I do. I'd really like the. I can't remember his name now. The the main sort of little Nazi. Uh, what the one who is like the 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 Gestapo guy? Yeah, he's brilliant because yeah, he's he's, uh, he's very cold. And I think the best best one was him. With, with him is the Kurt Hanger. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant, isn't it? It's wonderful. <laughs> it's, what the, what is he gonna? What is this? What is he gonna? Oh, it's a Kurt Hanger. It's he's got class. Yeah, that's that's. See that's that's Spielberg. I think that's the difference between I think Spielberg and Lucas. Mm. Where Lucas, I don't think he was capable of doing that kind of visual gag. I think again. Well, in fact, I don't think I mentioned it. I said there was two reasons why I liked this, and I didn't like Star Wars. The first one was the active hero. The second one is this film doesn't take itself as seriously as Star Wars does. It's quite yeah. funny, and it's sort of funny. Some of the films, some of the fights. Are quite slapstick, and it seems like intentional slapstick sometimes. You know, yeah. the big punching sounds and, and Harrison Ford's confused face. I think it's got a sense of humour, as I don't think Star Wars has. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it, Star Wars is much straighter than this is. Mm. Um, that's that was an intention. It it works to pull you into the film at times, but it also it's gives alienating. It a lack of. Yeah, it can be, can't it? Where with this, it's there's a more human element to it. But I think sometimes there's one bit where it really comes out. I don't think it's very well handled. So, the, the, you know, and it's within a good scene as well. It's like when they're on the boat and uh, he's looking in the mirror at his face um, and there's bruising on his face and Marion's looking at herself on the other side of the mirror and she's wipes the condens- She's trying to get the condensation off it or something, isn't she? Oh, yeah. And she flips it around and smacks him in the head with it <laughs> and he lets an almighty scream out. They smash cut to the outside of the they cut to the outside of the boat where there's this blood curdling stream and then she looks at him and goes, Oh, what, what, are you alright? As if like he just got oh, ow. You know, he made no noise that couldn't be heard he from a mile away. Him. Yeah, so that yeah, yeah. So that kind of yeah he, yeah, how he didn't die of infection, I'm still not... It's got that classic uh, cliche of, you know, hero goes through hell, gets shot, etc., but then only winces and feels pain when a, a woman is tending his wounds. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a brilliant classic trope, that. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, so what So what else, is there anything else you liked about it, like, other than... I thought it was just yeah. fun. I enjoyed myself watching it, you know, it, like I said, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's very fun. The the hero, he's got this great element where he's interested in it for a historical point of view, but he's actually sceptical as to the real value of what he's finding. And then slowly comes around to that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know quite well. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's funny. It's well acted. And it just had a lot of 
it had a lot, a lot of great action actually going under the truck. Um, him kind of reversing the fortunes, you know, you've got the, the Nazi driving the truck, he's underneath it, he could somehow gets up, gets around, kicks him underneath it, and then he dies. Um, no, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, watching it today, I, it, I, it was the action, it just ramps up, doesn't it, each time you get you get a little bit of action, and then it goes away, you get a little bit of action, then it goes away, and then suddenly from the part in the desert with the plane, the action just keeps ramping up to the very end of the film. Yeah, and, and everything seems like a really good practical effect. At some points, it, it looks a bit cheap, like when he's knocking the statue over when they're in the snake pit. It yeah. looks like it's polystyrene and foam. Um, yeah. But uh, it's sort of not a problem, is it? When when the I think this is one of the great things about a film, not taking itself too seriously or being too perfect or whatever the phrase would be. Um, yeah. Because you forgive it those things. The same when we talked about The Princess Bride when the Cliffs of Insanity is a clear model and it's clearly not real, you go, well, that's just lovely because cause it's not taking itself seriously when, again, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back takes itself seriously. Everything looks yeah. perky. And you don't forgive it because you think, well, if you're going to hold yourself to a high standard and not make me, not want to make me laugh, then screw you. <laughs> to me, except for Indiana Jones, always make the, all the, the heroes always make the right decision. And everyone who is clearly designated as not a hero makes the wrong decision <laughs> or doesn't have an intelligent thought in their body. There's, there's a few really cliches, is. leaving the hero to die in an elaborate way and then just expecting that he dies. You know, it's the sort yeah. of thing that Austin Powers was very good at parodying. Is that, that, I mean, but that only happens, like, legitimately only really happens once, doesn't it, when you think about it? And it is, and, like, the chances of him actually escaping uh, there was... True. In your school, I can forgive it. Like you said, you can forgive it when it's. I think it's funny. Like there's bits where, like, when he throws her into the, when the Nazis throw her into that, uh, into that room, uh, that chamber, and she goes down head first, and then all of a sudden she's hanging from one of the teeth off one of the statues, and you're like, I mean, physics, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I'm delighted you liked it. Actually, I genuinely expected not to like it. I genuinely expected to to dislike it in the same way I dislike Star Wars and I dislike a lot of sort of Lucasfilm type things from the seventies and eighties where they're sort of classics and so on, but actually I find them a bit silly. Yeah, so shall we do you wanna do what the critics said? Yeah, I can I can do a couple of things. So I was on Rotten Tomatoes, Tomatoes for our American uh listeners, which I'm sure we have lots of, um, and it has a 95% rating f- from critics, so it's rated fresh, and 96% from not critics. Um, so I'll go for a couple of things. I mean, what we've done on every episode so far is referred to Roger Ebert, so I'll, I'll do that one more time. Um, he calls it an out-of-body experience, a movie of glorious imagination and breakthrough speed, um, it celebrates the stories we've spent our adolescence searching for in the pulp adventure magazines. It, it, you know, he's very fulsome about it. It's more than a movie, it's a catalogue of adventure. And it really is It really is an adventure. I was intrigued, I thought, 95%. That means there must be a negative review out there. And I found one from The New Yorker. And the, the first sort of 500 words of the article are talking about, essentially, that the, the movie business is too much of a business now. Um... 
and saying that it appears that Lucas and Spielberg think just like the marketing division. Spielberg can stage a movie cliché so that it has Fred Astaire's choreographic snap to it. He transcends the clichés by sensational whiplash editing, but Spielberg's technique may be too much for the genre. Um, they basically don't like some of the decisions. There's no exhilaration in this dumb motor excitement, uh, saying that the, the best of these kind of films, Gunga Din, was carefree, and there was time to kind of enjoy things, but this one it's edited too quickly. So it's there's no hmm. time to enjoy. It's a strange critique of it, isn't it? But the and editing. Then, um, bad. Get one an Oscar yeah, for it. And they've also found a few kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, I th- maybe maybe that is an issue in that we talked about in the Star Wars episode. Films have got you know objectively hmm. faster pace now. Maybe this writer uh, Pauline Keel Kale uh, is writing from a point of view where films tend yeah. to be a bit slower, and maybe yeah. this is just a bit. Unusual. There's a good few questions that they've asked the uh, Pauline Keel, which I agree with. Um, uh, mm. Yeah, so the Well of Souls, uh, where the Ark is buried, is so exposed that it... Oh, how how's it, it missed? Uh, yeah, how did a well-trained archaeologist go? See that mound over there? Do you think that's human-made, or do you think that was... Do you think that's just uh, <laughs> that's just the terrain? We should maybe do some sort of geological survey of this area to, to have a look. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. You saw the you saw the light. Yeah. Why isn't Indy's dig at least over the ridge from Belloc's? So we can believe that Belloc didn't spot it until the crucial moment. And then this this one mm. I completely agree with. Why are we shown scenes that prepare us for Belloc to yeah. have a change of heart? Yeah, like there's the bit, there's the bit where they're, they're both genuinely her um, Marion and Belloc are both genuinely laughing in the tent, and either Marion's the world's greatest actress, <laughs> or or she's. She's actually yeah. having a good time with Belloc. Do you know what I mean? It was very confusing, that scene, because he's brought her in like, you know, she's a sort of captive and he's put her in a nightgown. I didn't understand why he thought she'd be, you know, DTF. Um, DTF, sorry, you've lost me there. Down to, down to fuck. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting because it was obvious from the viewer's point of view that she was going to be just doing this to a manipulate him, and I thought, oh, well, maybe he knows that, and he's just going to catch her in the manipulation. And she mm. grabs that knife, but actually, that's kind of not how it goes. They sort yeah, of he to laughs, like doesn't he? And then she laughs as well, doesn't she? Yeah. And yeah. then later on, he he implores um, the Nazis to at least let her go. Yeah. And again, you think, well, is that just because he wants a sort of sex slave, or has he actually grown fond of her? And then... And he's an interesting character. There's a bit where Indy's got the rocket launcher and Belloc, while he has a fly that's trying to get into his mouth. Uh, <laughs> he, he just has a wonderful little, you know, yeah, fine, call, I'll call you bluff. So yeah. at the moment, he's a great character. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a more, yeah. Yeah, I think they kind of set him out, don't they, in the, you know, in that cafe scene more. They flesh him out better and he goes, well, I'm kind of the, you know, I'm you, but I've made that pact with the dark side, I suppose, mm. you know, with, with, you know, I believe, you know, that the, the ends justify, you know, the means justify the ends sort of thing. So it's probably better than him being a cackling Nazi, isn't it really? Yeah. And I think that's, I think maybe this, the filmmakers have made obviously a conscious decision to go, well, no, he gets his just desserts because he, he didn't go about it the right way. Like Indy did, like if he had, 
teamed up with Indy and then tripped them both if they both worked as equals rather than him being driven by his own ego, then perhaps they would have been colleagues rather than mm. than enemies. But because Belloc chooses to to go with the the wrong side, then he deserves what he gets. I'm to making be fair, a ju- he is working for the Nazis. Yeah, he, I mean, even that back then they knew the Nazis were bad. If you're gonna, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, I, she's right. You can't deny it. There is some, there is some ambiguity to that character that isn't resolved. It's fair enough. It's not a perfect film, but it's pretty, pretty close, or at least it's very, very good. Yeah, it's very good in its, it's, it's perfect within its genre, isn't it? Yeah, the yeah, action, yeah. adventure, kind of globe trotting sort of like it's very bond-esque as well you know well it is a direct result of bond but it's you can see why they it it is a good bond film you know you put bond in these situations and you change out the the ark of the covenant for a warhead that's gonna (laughs) kill half the world or something you know you know is it like i was sat thinking today is the, the ark of the covenant actually a critique of you know, uh, nu- you know the new of nukes. Do you know what I mean? Is it like of nuclear proliferation? That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Is it, is it to do with that as well? You know, because obviously, um, Tot's face melts <laughs> <laughs> like he's been burned by a thousand degrees. I mean, you know, I, you, you ha- I, we, ha- I we haven't mentioned the effects on that. I watched a, a brilliant making of hmm. the effort that they had to put into those three effects, and particularly the face melting. I mean, what an effect! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It didn't age well. But I don't know. I, I mean, you can see it's an effect, but it's not. See, it's not like bad CGI. No, it's not. Is it? It's not. It has weight to it. I think the thing that I know. I think they should have taken his glasses off because <laughs> they do it in stop motion, don't they? Yeah. And the glasses go from being on his ears, and then they kind of fall jauntily, awkwardly. Oh, I like um, that. And then his hat falls as well when he's. When there's yeah. less head to support it, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think it works really well. Yeah, there's a frame or two missing where the glasses should have fallen. Uh, they, they 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 appear in one part and then the next part there's no transition. That's yeah. my other critique of it. But it is a cool effect. It's, it's weird how the three of them have different deaths, though. <laughs> I know, I did find that interesting. I thought, oh, does that tell you something about the characters? Nope. <laughs> I just really, really wanted to try out some different effects. Yeah, the um, the special effects guy on this ended up doing Ghostbusters as well, and you can really see that in the when the that female spirit comes out straight at the camera lens. I thought that looks really like Ghostbusters, and then when I was looking at some stuff today afterwards, I was like, oh well, yeah, it's the guy who lit Ghostbusters. That makes perfect <laughs> sense. Yeah, it, it works as well. It's quite a haunting bit of ghostery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might wrote about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I like. Yeah, I like. I like so much about this film. I really do. I just. I like how it's kind of almost a horror film as well, like a kind of a oh, B yeah. genre horror film. I mean, the snake coming out of the skull. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't nearly yeah. stick in my shoe. <laughs> nearly stick in your shoe. <laughs> yeah. The, or when I I don't like the bit when she's going through like the mausoleum and they they all kind of yeah that's a bit hokey because <laughs> they wouldn't be moving <laughs> yeah because <laughs> you go is that just from her point of view or yeah. have we gone into a different film now yeah and in Indiana Jones it's quite possible but yeah I think I think that was a bit a bit silly and that's that's where it's the you know it finds its feet is it 
it goes right well we're, we're gonna have supernatural elements i mean because i knew the ending of this that that didn't seem unusual but i think if you're watching it for the first time everything's been quite you know as hyper real as it is and as fake as it is it works within its own kind of rules and then you all of a sudden have oh it, it's actually some evil spirits from god or whatever i suppose they, they might have shot a version where she was just sort of falling about into them and they were they were stuck still and you went what a silly woman <laughs> like, <laughs> why don't you just not do that and just stand still and so they thought well if we give them some agency and actually make it seem like they're closing in on her yeah uh what else did that it's great what else, what else did i like about it it's just it works doesn't it it just it works in its own kind of space like the fights well sometimes they're a bit slapstick and they are they're they're believable to the point where yeah you know this is, i think it knows it's it's it knows it's this film so it knows that the fights aren't you know all the actions are um every, uh hyperbolic you know people you know oh i've been punched oh you know <laughs> well it's oh. an adventure and it has the theme da, 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 da. so it's going to be very yeah hyperbolic. yeah let's That's let's talk about it. the music so you've clearly heard the indiana jones theme before yeah. like you're 30, 30 years of age you would have you know you've got you're on the internet and television yeah <laughs> yeah i've heard in, it yeah so like in star wars and i think in this the music tells a lot of the plot as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it tells the plot. What do you mean by that? So, when so when they're having the conversation about the Ark of the Covenant, when they say, you know, when they're doing the exposition with the uh, two military intelligence guys, um, you know that this is a serious thing because the music stirs and rises, and it goes a bit, you know, it doesn't. They're just having a conversation. There's no real, there's no music, and then they mention the Ark and they show. Shows the two guys the picture of the light coming out of uh, out of it and people's you know cells from it and it's kind of like the music says that no this is this is legitimate this is this is a thing it's not like like there's no cynicism there there's no like oh yeah whatever the Ark of the Covenant you know in I think in modern filmmaking you might not have that musical cue or you might it might seem as it might seem unrealistic. If that makes yeah, sense. I think it's fair to say that John Williams is not into subtlety. Yeah, yeah, he's not, is he? There isn't so, but it, when it rises, you know it's it's important. I think it's That's effective. My... Yeah, it, it's because it, it's they're making they're making a classic, immediately recognisable sort of theme. There was one bit where the music didn't, uh, or it was a bit of a red herring. So, Mister Mister Katanga, the captain of the ship, there's a moment where. Um, they're talking, and I think it was Indy says to Salah, uh, "Do you trust them?" He's talking about the people on the ship, and it cuts to Mr. Katanga at that moment, and the music changes, and he's lighting his cigarette in such a way that I think I'm not supposed to trust this person at all. And I was just waiting yeah. for his inevitable <laughs> betrayal, and uh, it didn't happen. He was great <laughs> all the way. Yeah, through. yeah, it does. Yeah, I thought that when I was watching it today. I was like, "Oh, Katanga." Again, that's why I say one of the themes of this is, is racism. Let's, let's, let's not <laughs> oh, deny it. Oh, he's just black. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's how he, <laughs> he does talks. everything right. <laughs> Endangers his own life. So I wrote down when I was writing down the cast. So I put the cast down. And I was like Harrison Ford, Karen Allen, Paul Freeman, Jonathan Reese Davis, mm-hmm. Ronald Lacey, Deno Melliot, Alfred Molina. And then I put, and some foreign people who were unfortunate, <laughs> not 
Not born either American or English, hence why they always spoke English, even to someone of their own nationality. Yeah. That's why they're not credited on the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but to illustrate this, the helper of Indy at the very start of the, of the movie also plays the uh, Nazi collaborator with the eye patch and the monkey. <laughs> I didn't notice either. <laughs> John Lee Davis, clearly not an Egyptian name. <laughs> Salah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like let's think of an Egyptian name. Salah. Yeah. Well, there's a bloke who's very Welsh. <laughs> They're clearly related. Yeah, he's got a beard yeah. though, and he's quite yeah. fat. Okay, yeah, he can, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he could. You know, he could pass for Egyptian if we say he's Egyptian. <laughs> it's like the bits, like the bits at the uh, the uh, camp, the dig site, and they're like, like there's. Um, like when the the Nazi pulls on Indy's arm as they're trying to be subtly walking away, and he's like asking him for water, and he's like, "Well, you you'd know if you were a Nazi, you would notice another white guy in this country of Arabs." You'd be like, oh, "You're," you'd be like, "You're a German." You'd be quite intrigued to why there's just some random white guy who isn't uh, Rene Belloc wandering around. Yeah, you know, you would ask. He never <laughs> he covers would... his face. You would literally inquire, and then it's Harrison we... Ford. Even if he wasn't a celebrity, you go, I'll re- I'll remember that face if I see it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like when they're doing the digging uh, for the um, the Well of Souls, and like the critic, she said, um, you know, like at least put it, put it out of the, the camp. Yeah, it's like he's digging for hours, and then in the, as the sun's coming up or as the sun's setting or something, he's um, he suddenly takes off his. Uh, his disguise. It's like if anyone walks out there and has a bit of a poke around. Oh, that, that, is that the guy we were supposed to be after <laughs> earlier? You know, I, I heard he had a you know a, a cowboy hat. You know, a bullwhip. <laughs> you know, he wore a lot of khaki and beige. Yeah, <laughs> this guy's got a tan that means he was definitely wearing a hat like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that there's little funny things like that that properly amuse me but they but then you get the shot because you get indiana jones stood with the you know the sun setting and that iconic figure oh, yeah. like there's such good use of shadow and silhouette in this film yeah like when he comes into the bar and she's like we're closed yeah yeah also i'd love to know uh her remedy for instant hangover alcohol well intoxication <laughs> she basically cannot get drunk i think that's her <laughs> she just <laughs> she, i don't know what's happening yeah she literally has imperv- she's impervious to alcohol yeah except in drinking contests for a split second <laughs> well i mean even then it seemed like she was just putting that on i don't know <laughs> it was weird wasn't it immediately it was. sober never addressed <laughs> she's just yep. drunk a 400 pound man under the table <laughs> yeah oh, it was it was so funny yeah, yeah. yeah the, clearly the local alcoholic who, you know, is her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would have liked a bit more backstory with how she ended up in Nepal. Like, I think there was a deleted scene where she explains it better. It is um, a bit out of the way, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and then, yeah, how she ended up there is a bit random. I know she's like the daughter of like a famous archaeologist, but for her to just randomly be in Nepal for like like it's so it's like well I'm gonna go for find the Ark of the Covenant I need this MacGuffin to find my MacGuffin so I'll go speak to my ex-girlfriend oh where does she live does she live down the road no Nepal mate it's gonna take me <laughs> we weeks need a first to get what, are you, what are you talking about down the road? <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, people travel. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Good this God. day and age. But it is the 1930s after all. That's a point, yeah. He's not he's not sort of travelling a lot, is he? He travels a lot, but that's not a big part of the... I suppose it, that's the old phrase, what is it? Uh, save on the shoe leather. Shoe leather. You don't need to show them walking from point to point, but he's going from Nepal to Egypt to God knows where. Yeah. yeah Did that's... he go to Peru in that little plane? Uh... What the little water plane? Yeah. Um. Doubt it. I mean, imagine he didn't. <laughs> what was the What was the setup for commercial air, air flight at that time? Nineteen thirty-six. Um, I would imagine that. So in that bit, they would have flown from maybe the bit where they are to like a major city, and then got a ship back to America, Probably. and then or a ship to like another port that would then take. Yeah, but in like three weeks. Yeah, here's a fun fact for you about that film. So you know the ship, the ash, the there's a partic- there's an actual name for it. I can't remember it. <laughs> Not important. We don't. Nobody really uses them anymore. Yeah, semi-aquatic. The pl- yeah. So the plane that they use, you know, when they do the shot in the dock of the Pan Am uh, plane. Oh right. That's, yeah. That's actually Howard Hughes's original plane that belongs really? to Howard Hughes. Yeah, that's why that shot looks really awkward because they've they had to film it on a dry lot and then do matte paintings and like visual effects in front of it. That's why it's a really strange looking uh, shot. If you go back and watch it. Yeah. That's an unnecessarily expensive uh, bit, of, bit of kit. Yeah. But it's that authenticity, isn't it? That yeah. Lucas and, and Spielberg were able to pull. They, people would lend or let them rent things that, that gave it a, an authenticity. So that's little stuff like that. So unnecessary, but it really works. But then they build they built the the uh, the Nazi plane that kills the big German. Right. Also, I mean, look, I've never sympathy for Nazis, but I do have a little bit of sympathy for the guy who's about to fly the Ark of the Covenant out of that place. <laughs> like he's just he's just there. Do you know what I mean? He's like, I'm a pilot. I'm German. I don't really agree with this, probably, but I need. You know, I, I've got. A You're skill. describing him some characteristics. There. I am. You know, I mean, he's a Nazi flight, you know, pilot. Yeah, I mean, there was. I'm not defending Nazis, but there was plenty of people who weren't Nazis who were in the German army. I think they they put a lot of Wehrmacht um, like words around on stuff to be like, no, this is the Wehrmacht. To be in this, you are a Nazi. I think that's a bit of a. <laughs> yeah. So, would you like to know how many people? You mentioned it earlier. Would you like to know how many people uh, Indy murdered? Oh, okay. I'm going to guess 28. 28. <laughs> Not bad. So, uh, in this one, he only murdered 11 people. Oh. Uh, like two that. shot in the head. Um, <laughs> yeah. One of them whilst a moving vehicle as well. That was an impressive. It was impressive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. That one shocked me, actually, today when I watched it. I was like, oh. Oh, he shot that guy right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how violent these films were. Yeah. Um, I did then watch a kill count on YouTube for all the people he's murdered uh, in all four films. 67. 67. You know. Yeah. I suppose when, you, when you've murdered 40. <laughs> yeah, why stop? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it really... It does jar because it's a... It's a it's for young people, isn't it? It's not even a 12, I don't think. Um, so apparently, when they made this film, it wasn't the uh, people being shot in the head that was the problem. There was the exploding head of yeah. uh, 
They just covered it with fire, I think, didn't they? Yeah, so George uh, Steven Spielberg literally got the American rating agency to uh, create a new rating, so they gave the P- they invented PG-13. Oh, of course, yeah, of course. Which is yeah. basically our 12, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, so, speaking of facts, let's go on to the quiz. Oh, cool. Are you ready for the quiz? The uh, Oh, actually, before we go on to the quiz, I have to ask... I think I know what the answer to this is. Oh, yeah. So, um, how many bullwhips out of ten do you give India... Well, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Um, I think... I think I'll give it a 7.8 bullwhips. 7.8 bullwhips, nice. 7.8 bullwhips, not, yeah. not, not quite the full full uh, bullwhip number there. Close to eight, so. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was very, very good, and I would happily recommend it. Yeah, well, do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there's not really many other people who haven't seen it. That's that's the problem I'm finding. If I really liked Empire Strikes Back, who the hell would I recommend it to? Because <laughs> everyone else has seen it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those things. Is films like this because they're so universally popular, you almost are being contrarian and not liking them. Yeah, it's point. taking a political stance almost. I can see the flaws in this. It's the same as Star yeah. Wars, um, but I think I think with this one, like you said, the characters are better. The the actions different, but it is. I don't. I think the action is good in both of them, but for different reasons. Why do you like again? Not not that it's a Star Wars pod, but why do you prefer Empire to this? Um, because I prefer the narrative. I I like the characters better. Fair enough. And I suppose it's part of a bigger universe, isn't it? But yeah, I find Indiana Jones is compared to Star Wars, it's an it's it's an exciting film. Where with Star Wars, you've got a cultural phenomenon, and it I do like the cultural side of Star Wars. I'm not going to pretend I don't. Um, I like the world building better in Star Wars. You know, I think I don't think you, you don't get Indiana Jones if there's no Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, and I think it's a it's a film that's about a character rather than the universe in which that character lives. Yeah, um, I think the morality is better in Star Wars. The, I know that that's a trite thing to say about these things, and Jones is a he's a he's a, a moral guy. You know, he's not you know he's not out to sleep around. He's doing he's doing the right thing by the artifacts by for the period of his time. He's still a guy who's quite happily to kill people. Like when I do like attacked. the fact that he's not a white knight. He's, he's a bit more hard-boiled and a bit more broken than that. Yeah, he's a, he's almost a bit film noir, isn't he? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Right, should we get on to the quiz? Should we do our quiz thing? Yeah, quiz, quiz, quiz. That's the theme show. <laughs> Tune in, quiz, quiz, quiz. Right, so... Question one. Uh, I don't know why I changed my voice there, but I did. <laughs> what is the lost city in Egypt called? Oh, God. Um, so this is supposed to be an easy one, isn't it? No, this one's quite a hard one. This I one don't I... know. Uh, Cairo. <laughs> that is, that is, uh, a, that, that's why I, put, I actually originally wrote the question out. What is the city in Egypt called? So you didn't say Cairo. <laughs> Uh, so I had to put lost in there. No, it's uh, Tanis. Oh, Tanis. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was that was the f- the only hard question I could think of. 
to give you to be honest yeah, with you. That, that caught me out. Yeah, because um, I only know that because I played uh, Rome, Total War. Oh yeah, oh, that'll do it. <laughs> um, second question: Who was originally? I think you're going to know this one. Who was originally slated to play Indiana Jones? Is that Tom Selleck? It is Tom Selleck. No, Tom Selleck. <laughs> no, Wiggins. All the, the beans are for Tom Selleck. <laughs> yeah, I thought you might get that one. Uh, which actor is connected to a Marvel property from uh, this film? Um, good question. Well, Alfred Molina was Doc Ock in Spider-Man yeah. 2. There you go, that's the answer. That's good, I like that question. I was kind of hoping you weren't going to recognise that it was Alfred Molina. Yeah, well like I said, when I was first watching that scene, I thought, oh, this is Alfred Molina, so surely he's going to be in this film for a yeah. long time. Yeah, so that's uh, two from three so far. Uh this one I don't think you'll get unless you researched it. What did the sound design team record in order to make the boulder sound? I have no idea. Pinball machine. Really <laughs> so they were comp- so they were basically they had a big problem with that one because they had something that was supposed to have weight and heft to it. But how do you physically go out and record something without making yourself a giant boulder rolling <laughs> through a cave? Um, so it, apparently they were struggling with it for a while and. Uh, the main sound designer guy, uh, his name is Ben Burt. He was in the car with one of his colleagues, and they were, for some reason, they were rolling down this. They were rolling down this hill quietly without the engine on, and he just had a bit of inspiration. Went, ah, that's our noise for our boulder. Huh. We'll add a bit more sound design on top of it. But so he said he pulled out a mic, recorded it, and just uh, it, so it gave the weight because the end and they turned the engine on, it gave the weight of the boulder. And, yeah, it's brilliant. It's flawless, isn't it? I mean, oh, just... it's great. Yeah, it is. It's so... I think sound design is really clever. Honestly, yeah. If you could be a Foley artist and just mess around with, you know, hitting slabs of meat with a with a bloody artichoke and just find out what that sounds like and, you know, figure out how that... do we make this sound. Great it's, always they, it's always how they have such random things associated to other things, though, that... It always it's brilliant, I always think. It reminds me a little bit of that bit in The Simpsons. It's not about sound design, but just the idea that you use something that's absolutely not like the thing. When they're filming... Um, what's the what's the superhero called that Millhouse plays? Oh, crikey. I, um, anyway. Uh, Atom Boy or something like that. Yeah, Up and Atom. Anyway, when they're filming that in Springfield and they see the guys, they're... They're painting some, what is it? They're painting some horses to look like cows. And he says, well, cows don't look like cows on film, so you paint some horses. And he says, what about if you need a cow? He says, oh, sorry, what about if you need a horse? You just stick some cats together. So they tape a bunch of cats together or something. I'll glue a bunch of cats together. That's a great line. <laughs> yeah, I think it's glue some cats together, isn't <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> Um, and then uh, this was this is just a funny little question, which you'll either know this year or again. Uh, which actor shit himself uh, because of illness on set? Can <laughs> we listen to Harrison Ford? No, it, it wasn't. It was. Uh, <laughs> so, it was so just he was the one who had what we might think was dysentery. Um, the, uh, <laughs> it was Jonathan Rhys Davis. <laughs> yeah, what? How did that happen? He was so ill uh, one day on set um, that he just literally couldn't hold it in and apparently squatted down and shat himself. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he. I'm glad he's got that out in the world. Yeah. You know, you know that's something you don't want to 
to be on the internet, but it's there now. Sorry, Jonathan. Karolinik is <laughs> in the same same ballpark, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I was going to say in the same boat, but you won't want to be in that boat. Not that boat, no. <laughs> the, uh, you'd at least want a working toilet, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was meant to be the bonus question, but I thought... Uh, but, uh, yeah, so um, that's Indiana Jones, or Raiders of the Lost Ark. Call it what you want, uh, well, as long as you don't call, we'll call it, it Raiders. Track. Yeah, Raiders, it's a pretty fun film, isn't it? Well, I'm glad you recommended it, I'm glad I've seen it both to be a member of our society, but also yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it, and I'll definitely be going to watch the other ones as well, um, yeah. except Crystal Skull. Yeah, I mean, so I, I think you'll end up that. seeing it eventually. I mean, there's some good bits in it, but it just... it The first act is really good, I think, and then there's a bit when they're in the, they're in the jungle in South America, and... Um, they're being chased by the Russians. This is when Charlie Buff swings yeah. from vine to vine. Yeah, and it just it loses him, and once once it loses it there, you just you just like no. <laughs> what have you done to my childhood? So I'll watch it, and then I'll literally when they're in the jungle, go out, skip scene. I won't let it affect the rest of the film. Sorted, easy peasy. Yeah. So what uh, we're doing next week? So next week uh, we're going to do Get Out. Well, I think that, that brings us nicely to the end of a, a very positive podcast episode. Two, 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 one to you? Yeah? Well, yeah, two recommendations, two, one absolutely not recommend. So if you've enjoyed this um, episode, if you want to give us any feedback, if you want to get in touch on social media, uh, yeah, we can be found you can on email Twitter us. You can please uh, watch pod. Old school email. Or do you have uh, the email address there? We can be emailed. At uh, please watch this pod at gmail.com uh, fire us off uh, tell us what you thought about the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah we'd love to know um, if, do you like it do you agree with it would you recommend it obviously then rational human beings you probably would but uh, but you know we like we always like to have different opinions <laughs> we need we need them don't we Sam we do we do, we do. yeah Raiders etc et yeah, you've, do you've it. heard all this yeah, you in know. the podcast you want to listen to <laughs> so <laughs> It, uh, no, do it. <laughs> do, yeah. do do it, but no, for us, not, well. not for them. Give us reviews; yeah, it helps. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's a relative. Yeah. It's a market, isn't it? Don't so do the wrong thing by us. Do what though. you feel is right, because <laughs> we need the likes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're oh, yeah. listening yeah, now, five stars. Yeah, yeah. you made it this far. Well, in. We'll wait. I'll wait. You'll wait, wait Sam, while they write it. We'll still be here. Yeah, we'll give it. Yeah, we'll yeah, we've talk, got another you know, 20 minutes we'll talk amongst ourselves uh, silence. You know, we're friends we've got things to catch up on you write the review give it five yeah, stars yeah. Uh, a thumbs up or whatever <laughs> these I should really we should really know these but yeah do that we'd appreciate it it makes us look good we get higher sorry, apparently it makes yeah. you higher in charts good. which means more <laughs> that's great yeah yeah more yeah more people next time we'll do this in less than two minutes sorry I'm talking over you now <laughs> yeah <listen>. yeah yeah <laughs> Cross chat. Sam Love it. Please, All right, well, Hugh Dempsey, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye now. Have you written the review? Goodbye from him. Five Bye-bye. stars, yeah?